everybody. Welcome to a very thankful edition of the Vox Podcast. Mike and Tim recording the day after Thanksgiving. Black Friday, they call it. We call it Vox Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim, <laughs> is there any must-haves on your Christmas list this year? No. You know what? I had a very hard time putting together a Christmas list because I could not find anything. I just put like random books and movies. Oh, I like that. Okay, one one movie would be what? And And how do people buy you movies these days? Are you... Do you collect DVDs? I mean, is that is that what's oh, happening? Lord. Yeah. You know, How do we even I buy you my wife movies? on for a second? I'm a I'm a I'm a collector. Oh, like I have. Uh, you have all, like records. You have yeah. a lot of vinyl. A lot of vinyl. I have a lot of DVDs. I also have. I mean, here's an example for you listeners who are so interested. I during quarantine, <laughs> your listener, collected my one listener out there. I collected every different edition I could find of um, my favorite book in all different languages. So I got it in Japanese, Chinese, Italian, Spanish, Russian, French, and then all the different American versions. And my wife's like, she's like, no comment. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, can I ask what book? Is that uh, The Art of the Deal? <laughs> it is. You'd be surprised at how good it is. No, it's uh, it's the Gunslinger. It's the first book of Stephen Dark King's Tower. series, The Dark Tower. Yeah, it's my favorite book. So I collected as many different versions as I could. Nice. That's, that was my quarantine. That's that's what I did in quarantine, and I would say it was hashtag winning. <laughs> and then and then you collect DVDs too. I mean, I have always collected movies. I have a big. <laughs> This is, feels like a confessional now. I have a big VHS collection. And you know what's great? Even a big cassette tape collection. <laughs> Do you know what's great? All of this is going to be worth so much money to your kids as an inheritance. Just well done. Clearly Maybe. these things. That's why I no, did it. No, they're not. No, they're not, Tim. No, I'm yeah. totally making fun of you. I also have a huge comic book collection that was supposed to be worth a lot of money that is not. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, what I intended to be a quick... <laughs> question has turned into really an exploration of the dark matter in mm-hmm. uh, Tim's frontal lobe. It's a hoarding conf- confessional. <laughs> we're doing, we're going to try something this year. We, we're doing um, three presents. That's it. So everyone gets That's three great. presents because there were three wise men. Actually, there were probably more than that, but there were three presents that are mentioned. So yeah. why why not? Why not do it? You get one big one, two small ones. And so one um, kid gets frankincense and <clears throat> Yep, yep. We're we're holding a drawing for who gets uh mold. <laughs> mold. Myrrh. <laughs> mold. When you mix myrrh and gold together. I was thinking gold. I wanted to say gold and then I thought of myrrh and then that's what came out. Anyway, <laughs> it was all over. Um, hey, friends, if you are listening to this on Monday, the day it is released, tomorrow is a very significant day for nonprofits. It is a Giving Tuesday. Drum roll. We have our very own Giving Tuesday campaign, thanks to our friend Brenda, um, who is a bit of a rock star. And Tim, give us, fill in the joys of Giving Tuesday. Well, it's a, I think it's a cool idea. They built it off of like Black Friday. Everybody, all the big guys get a ton of money who have already been making a ton of money. And then there's Saturday, which is 
the cyber not cyber monday cyber monday it's small business saturday yes what's sunday you got to take a break jesus <laughs> jesus sunday jesus cyber save your monday. sunday yeah and then they brought out they started a couple of years ago doing giving tuesday for nonprofits and that's definitely and, uh, an order of priority yes we're like the grand finale <laughs> oh, when you're oh, at the fireworks okay. it's one way yeah, to say I, it i just flipped it for you real quick the uh yeah so we're running a giving tuesday campaign um and you'll see it on all of our social media uh mm. if you're on our email list you will get some email reminders with some um, cool links and some other information that you can click on to give um and both the ways that you, we normally do it with either through Patreon, um, where you can sign up to give monthly, or we have Tithely, um, where you can give one-time amounts, or you can set up recurring there as well. Everything's tax-deductible because we are an official nonprofit. That's right. But on Tuesday, Mr. Michael Erie will be going live on Facebook and the Instagrams and doing like a uh, live Q&A at... 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific, and then the rest of you guys in the middle of the state. Figure it out. I, yeah, I can never figure it out, So, but you guys <laughs> should know it. You live there. That's right. There's, cent- there's a central time zone and a mountain time zone, too. Yeah, I didn't know there was four, Yeah, but there are. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so you'll see that in the social media. You'll see it in your email. Um, it's going to be glorious. Yeah, it's what keeps little nonprofits like us running throughout the year. Boom. So, so yeah. anyway, Giving Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. Or if you're listening to this on Thursday, it can be Giving Thursday for you. It's fine. That's right. Um, we'll accept late donations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so Tim, we are we're about uh, I don't know, maybe a little over halfway through Sermon on the Mount. We're um, we're at least I. I shouldn't say we. I should say I. We, we've been kind of located in the sermon and, and I'm wrestling with like, okay, there, there's a lot of good stuff here, but it's, it's obviously aimed towards Jesus people and there's so much going on in culture. And so we're always trying to figure out like how best to balance reacting to things happening in the world versus, you know, marching our way through uh, a series of topics like we've been doing. Um, so we're, we're gonna, we're gonna continue the prayer convo. Um, people have at least traditionally loads of questions about this. And, uh, we want to talk about kind of the most famous bit of, uh, prayer convo from Jesus. And that is what is typically, typically called the Lord's prayer. Um, Jesus in, in one of the gospels, the disciples are like, Hey, give us a prayer would they say teach us to pray and um and this is how jesus answers in matthew's account this is one of three examples about the difference between the rightness of the disciples of jesus and the rightness um of the pharisees which turns out to be wrongness timothy (laughs) so they pray for uh for in order to impress others so um, the, the reader today is yours truly, the Whoa. voice of a nasally angel. Uh, verse 9 of Matthew, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread 
and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then Jesus adds this, I don't know, it seems like an exclamation point. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. <laughs> Period. Boom. Okay. So that, that I, I've never heard tagged on, you know, in any recitation of the Lord's Prayer, but um, <laughs> it's certainly, it, certainly Jesus emphasizing a point. So let's, let's get a first, let's get some preliminaries out of the way here, Tim. All right. All right. First of all, when Jesus says, this then is how you should pray, Jesus is, I believe, summarizing standard, some standard Jewish prayers that were floating around um, his culture. Uh, there, there was something called the Amidah. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but uh, the 18 benedictions, and it includes lots of the benedictions or blessings or prayers that the Lord's Prayer includes. Um, and rabbis were known to offer their summary of the 18 benedictions in different forms. So my best guess is that Jesus is offering us an outline. He's not saying recite this because Luke writes it a bit differently if the, as mm-hmm. if the words were, you know, what were most important. But I think it's an outline. And I think it's an outline that is is meant to guide us regularly. And, and a lot of the questions we get about prayer are like, well... If 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 this is partnership, and if if this is um, some sort of parent relationship in you know some analogous way, um, and 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 if like as Gombus has talked about before, we're not just frittering away our requests on things like parking spaces and you know stubbed toes. Well, then where does that leave us? <laughs> And, um, and, and this is why I think when Jesus talks about, listen, don't pray, ost- don't pray ostentatiously and don't just babble and recite meaningless words, but he gives us an outline. And so, th- and I, and I want to say, um, for those of you who are fans of this Jesus fellow, doing, praying this way, this specific way over the course of the last year and a half has been absolutely transformative in the way that I pray. Um, because I can get lost in all of the mysteries and the wonder and the whatever about, okay, so what's happening here? But this, uh, and, and these words, by the way, were electric because Jesus, Jesus, yes, he is summarizing and using very familiar language, but at the same time, he adds a little electricity um, to these things in light of the setting he's teaching them in his, his life and how he's living them out. Uh, but they're, you know, just starting off even calling God father. Um, you know, that, that God was the father of Israel in the old Testament and referred to his father, but, but Jesus opens the Amidah with father instead of blessed art thou king of the universe, which is how the Amidah would begin. Um, I don't know. Is there's really a, there's a little was, king of the universe. Uh, huh? Is that really how it was? The, the other one, king of the universe. Yes. Blessed art thou king of the universe. And I, there was another, another tag to it. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was, it was much more formal. Um, and, and we've lost a bit because this is, you know, we've turned this into a rote prayer. We've lost the, I don't know, the, the, the dynamism is that if that is if that's a word of these original words like like 
this isn't a prayer you pray passively. This is you're volunteering for the revolution when you pray these words. Mm. And and we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a, in a little bit. There, there is no greater expression of who Jesus is or what he's about than in this prayer. If you want to know the summary of what it is to live in the kingdom and to operate as if the kingdom were reality, this is it. And it's six petitions. Your, and the first three are your, God-focused. So it's your name, your kingdom, your will. And the second mm. three are us. Um, give us, forgive us, and lead us. And there it is. I mean, that's... <laughs> there, if Love God and love neighbor. I mean, that's... That's the kingdom <laughs> ethic boiled down into six pe- petitions. Now, let's start working our way through these, Timothy. And, uh, and, and, and we're not doing any of these justice. My goodness, there's so much that we could um, talk about. Each one of these petitions could be a, its own episode because they're so deep and rich. They're drawing from the Old Testament um, in some really cool ways. So, so Jesus uh, begins our Father in the heavens, and um, and just a reminder, and we'll get to the heavens in a second. But the heavens are a realm of authority that's not somewhere else, and it's not sometime else. It overlaps, but is distinct from the hmm. the kingdoms of the earth. All right. <clears throat> so heaven and earth, uh, and we'll and we'll spend more time on this in I don't know maybe five minutes. Heaven and earth were were almost synonymous in Genesis one and two, um, and in Revelation twenty one and twenty two. But there is a distinction now because of human rebellion between heaven and earth. Er, heaven is the place where God's will is done. Earth is the place where other wills are done. And so uh, the Father in the heavens is referring to the Father all around us. Hmm. Um, in the Old Testament, very often you'll hear a voice spoke to Jacob from heaven. That doesn't mean up in the sky. That means in the air next to you, right? Heaven is a, a place of authority. Um, so, so our father in heaven, it's the, it's the, it's the, um, juxtaposition of both God's nearness and God's bigness. Um, he's my Abba, but he is the one in the heavens, right? He is the, he is the creator cosmos ruling God of the universe kind of thing. And then we get into this interesting phrase, hallowed be thy name. At least that's how I memorized it back in the day in the King James version. (laughs) Hallowing isn't something we do except October 31st, which is Tim's favorite holiday. Word. Word to Halloween. So to hollow, hallow, I got to say it right, not hollow. (laughs) To hallow something, (laughs) to hallow something is to recognize it as unique, one of a kind, special, unlike anything else and um and the opposite of hallowing is profaning profaning means to drag something through the mud to make it common to um to render it just like everything else and so um when it says your name is to be hallowed or may your name be kept holy the idea so so god's name in the bible is um, a, a summation. Naming in the Bible is a much bigger deal than naming today, right? Names stood for identity and reputation and destiny um, very often. So 
when my parents chose the name Mike for me, they didn't do it because of some inherent Mikeness or they foresaw a Mike kind of life. For me, they just liked the way Mike sounded or it was a family name or whatever. Same with Timothy or, or um, you know, or Kevin as an example. <laughs> just common names. Um, but in the Old Testament, names stood for, so when God changes someone's name, it's, it's usually in recognition of a change in destiny or identity or something. Um, and so God's name, there's a prohibition against misusing the name. Um, which means attaching it to something that's empty, whether it's words or people or whatever. Um, and the Israelites are judged for profaning the name. Um, so God's name is a big deal. It's his reputation, if you will. And um, when we pray, hallowed be your name, it's, 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 um, it's interesting. It's like, God, keep your name holy, uh, which is something God, of course, is is doing will do and always has done right he is holy but it's also an invitation for us to participate in the hallowing of his name so here's an example that tim Mackey from the bible project gives that i think is absolutely brilliant um he is a star wars um nut those the same way that i am bring him on and um and so he talks about how the original trilogy was this one of a kind beautiful set apart feat of movie making right there was nothing like it before or after and then um a few years later uh george lucas comes and he does the prequels and um and he profanes the name of star wars <laughs> with with floppy eared um, cartoon characters and all sorts of nonsense, right? <laughs> and the prayer when we found out J.J. Abrams was going to take over the sequels was, J.J., would you please hallow the name of Star Wars again? Make it unique is kind of what we were hoping. And ultimately to that... which he said no. In which he said no. <laughs> so, so... I thought that was a dumb and totally good example for something that you nerd out on um, and you think is one of a kind and unique, but everyone else thinks is common. Like you want it to be hallowed. You want it to be seen as special and unique. Um, and so, so for us who are in the kingdom, we want to see God's name seen as special and unique. We see the caricatures and the distortions and the lies about the character of Jesus. We want that name to be seen as one of a kind and hallowed, set apart. There's something about that. No, not in some cringy, like, I don't know, um, Christian music, kind of <laughs> the name of Jesus kind of thing, right? Where we just say it over and over and over. But in a, <laughs> but in a, in, in more of a Jesus being seen, like you know how people and what I'm trying to get is like when people say the name of Jesus, often they'll say it differently than any other word they'll say. Like they have different Jesus, you know, or something or like Mackie, that. What Mackie does, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is that people would see. We're we're praying. People would see the beauty and majesty of the Father revealed in Jesus, all right? Does that make sense? Yeah, so, so far we have our Father in heaven, heaven being both around us but set apart. <clears throat> yep, and distinct. And hallowed be your name running with that, that, he, that is unique, and people see it and carry it with 
Yeah. The so so our way of saying is. it, our way of saying it is like, hey, we want to we want to make Jesus beautiful. Now, that's a dumb thing to say because Jesus is beautiful. No one makes him beautiful. But what right. we mean by that is that we are we want to participate in the unveiling of his beauty and the showing off of his beauty. And so the hallowing of the name is a similar petition. It's a divine passive, meaning God does this, but we're but we want God to do this more and more in our world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why it's disturbing when we see people profaning the name of Jesus. And I don't mean people swearing or cursing. Yeah. I mean Jesus followers attaching Jesus's name to the most idolatrous things imaginable. Yeah. So um, so that's the second petition, right? <laughs> Hallowing, of course. Then we get to, and this one is to me the heart of uh, Jesus's mission. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. My personal view is that he's saying the same thing twice here. It's, it's Hebrew parallelism, although he didn't say the prayer in Hebrew. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Saying the same thing twice on earth as it is in heaven. Now let's talk about this just a little more. We've already hinted at it. Heaven and earth in Genesis 1 um, are overlapping spaces. So God creates the earth um, and nestles, uh, and, and he creates for himself. It's it, The image is of a, a divine king creating a world or a, a place for him, a temple for him to exist, and then creating in that temple, this is just the way ancient Near Eastern rulers would do it, then creating a garden where the God would rest, okay? And having image bearers there to take care of the garden and reflect the goodness of the king. This, is, this was a common image, uh, evidently, back in the day. And so... Um, the, the idea is that God's space and human space were united, right? There wasn't a distinction between God's space and human space. It was all God's space. But part of what happened, but because God gave the remarkable dignity and freedom of choosing, um, for these image bearers, whether or not they wanted their own space to operate in independence from God, uh, the humans carved out their own space, their own authority space, right? And that was, and, and by giving authority to creation rather than exercising it over creation, that's the point of the snake, is that a bit of creation usurps the place of creator. And, um, and the whole thing now, there is a difference in realm, there's a difference in authority. God is still sovereign king, ruler over all. But he has, he has allowed other wills to exist in this place called earth. That doesn't mean his will isn't done on earth. It, there, are, there are plenty of aspects where it is, but there are some places where it's not done. And there are, in the, old, in the New Testament's uh, understanding, powers and principalities that include human free will but are bigger than just human free will. <laughs> And so, so what you have, what you have is picture two circles kind of overlapping in Genesis one and two, and then in Genesis three, picture a Venn diagram with only two circles, right? They intersect and they're connected, but they're not overlapping. They're much more distinct. And so, so the idea, because the human beings could never push God out of his own world for crying out loud. Of course not. And so the, the, the movement of the Bible isn't 
God trying to find some people to get out of earth into heaven, right? That's what we were told that the movement of the Bible was. That's wrong. The movement of the Bible is the extension of heaven back into earth. And the vanguard of that extension. So so Adam and Eve were that extension. Um, Then God calls Israel to be that extension. Uh, They fail and they themselves need rescued. And so Jesus comes as the son of Adam, uh, a new Adam, and he comes as a new Israel to uh, be the place. It's the vanguard where the kingdom of the heavens, that realm of authority is now being reestablished and it moves over the earth as people yield their lives to the king. That's the idea. And, and it's, it's fascinating in the book of Mark, Mark particularly sees this as authority because wherever Jesus moves, demons go crazy. The kingdom of darkness is pushed out whenever Jesus shows up somewhere. So it's a displacement of authority. There's one kingdom being displaced as Jesus moves and operates in the world and, and still today through his, the presence of, of his spirit. The claim of Jesus is that he is the vanguard of the, the king taking back over the realm. All right, that's the picture we get. And the movement of the Bible is that the heaven is coming back to earth. And, and so the Bible ends in Revelation 21 and 22 with heaven and earth overlapping again, um, united again, right? God's dwelling place will be with humans and humans will dwell with him forever. A new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, dressed as a bride. I mean, the, the, the pictures are kind of immense and beautiful and staggering, but it's the reunification of heaven and earth that's the goal of the thing. Hmm. So when we're praying your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're praying for. So, so, so two bits are true of that prayer. Number one, the kingdom has come. It's already come in Jesus and it is coming through his spirit as people yield themselves to him and practice the sermon, right? The forgiveness of the sermon, the generosity of the sermon, the trust of the sermon, his kingdom is coming. That's how it comes, right? Through, through yeah. cooperative participants. As it, it's the same way it came in the first century. Jesus giving his authority to other human beings who learn to exercise that authority in Jesus-like ways. So this is all about, I mean, this is about kingship and rulership and sovereignty. I mean, it's, it's, it's just incredible. And you can see how choice created then another realm of authority where we, we mm. insisted that our will be done. We rejected God's rule. And, and we still do that, right? So the kingdom has come. And as we know, the kingdom is coming. It's not fully here yet. It's like Joe Biden is president, sorry, but he's not president yet. Right. So this, this, this period that we're in where President Trump is still president, but he's been defeated. That's exactly the picture of the New Testament kingdom is coming and not yet fully here. Right. So, 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 I mean, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. So the idea is that the, the powers and the principalities have been defeated, but they're not fully yet displaced. And so the people of God, the idea is, are praying that more and more of heaven will come to earth. Right. So why, why don't, why do we care about pornography? Well, there are lots of reasons, but one is pornography is hell on earth right? Racism is hell on earth, right? 
uh, poverty caused by human greed is hell on earth. Mm. Right? I mean, and so literally, and, and this is the gift of, of some modern thinkers, that heaven and hell aren't just realities in the future. They're realities right. that we participate and help create today. Right? Human Which trafficking. Because it gives you really active things to participate in, like... We have very tangible ways of, of participating in that kingdom manifestation rather than just being like, yep. one day. Yes. We're not just waiting. Yes. Can... Yes. That's it, Tim. That's it. That's exactly right. This is not a prayer of passivity. You're volunteering for the re- You cannot pray, God, your kingdom come and your will be done. And then just sit back and say, well, God's going to make that happen. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Right now, we can't build the kingdom without God. And only, I mean, when Jesus comes back is the kingdom coming in its fullness. But the this idea that we just sort of sit and wait uh, passively, the world's going to burn. I mean, that is so damaging and false. And, and it's created some pockets of hell on earth. Yeah. You know, no, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. So, um, so when we pray, the kingdom's here. So we pray this with confidence, right? The defeat is certain, but, um, but the powers are still kicking and screaming as they're walking up the door, right? So president Trump is still president until January 20th, even though he's been defeated and there's a new president to be installed, right? That overlap is exactly the picture we're getting when we pray your kingdom come, your will be done. Yeah, that's an interesting, that's a interesting visual. It has been an interesting visual over the last several weeks. Yes. But I mean, it that, makes, it's a good, it's a good metaphor or it's a good, you know, embodiment of what that looks like, that overlap. Yes. Makes sense. And in that overlap, give us today daily bread is the right thing to pray. Because when, when, so when God refers to give us this day our daily bread, when Jesus refers to this, he's obviously referring to a story in Exodus where literally bread was given daily, right? By God to the people of Israel, right? Called manna. And manna, it's, it is, it is such a fun and funny and a weird story because the Israelites are (laughs) complaining about food and, um, you know, did you bring us out into the desert to kill us? And God's like, I'm going to show you some freaking bread. And he, he, he has these crystal, these bread crystals or some weird something show up on the <laughs> ground. And, and the Israelites have no idea what it is. So they call it what? That's what manna is. What? Oh, what really? is it? <laughs> That's true. That's absolutely true. What is this? We have no freaking idea. And and it was given so that there was That's only enough translates. for that day. Yeah. What? <laughs> I love it. I love it. And <laughs> and there was only given enough for that day. And um and if you took too much it would spoil. And then to honor the Sabbath you would take you would pick enough for 2 days on the day before Sabbath. So you wouldn't work on the Sabbath and that wouldn't spoil, but everything else would if you hoarded, right? It was just, I mean, (laughs) it's such a beautiful picture of the way God wants to relate to people. Now, this was given to the Israelites while they were in the wilderness. They were were between Egypt and the promised land, right? They were in the in-between space. So God provided for them daily 
bread. Well, now Jesus, he's talking to day laborers. And so for them, daily bread was a real thing too. Yeah. But how do we receive this when I know exactly where my next meal is going to come from? And I have my choice of four daily breads uh, that are sitting in my pantry. And I mean, an unprecedented amount of food, right? So, so the posture here is same as the posture of the Israelite. Everything I have is a gift. None of it's to be taken for granted. I'm not entitled to a thing. Even my ability to work comes from God, in Deuter- it says in Deuteronomy. And so the idea is that I receive everything. So I don't pray, give me daily bread. I thank God for daily bread. But when, I, when I internalize this prayer. And, and yeah. the idea is that we're still we're in, in between the promised land and Egypt, right? We're still now and not yet. Yeah, and here he is, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's speaking of daily bread, it is Seth <laughs> Thomas Charles Erie. Yeah, what's up, boy? Yeah, all right, do you want to say anything to the Vox audience? Yes, okay, what do you want to say? Um, uh, Vox. Fox podcast. Fox podcast. Congratulations! So proud of you. And, <laughs> and thank you for going to church. We have Daddy Mike and Fox podcast. With Daddy Mike and the Vox podcast. Thank you for going to Tennessee. Have a great day. Have fun, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Seth Thomas Charles Erie, the first. Um. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Father in the heavens, um, may your name be seen as great and hallowed. I like may how your... that first section covers Genesis through Revelation and every huge question of the problem of evil. And yes, oh, it's all, amazing! All it's just amazing. Like two little. Yep. Now hold on, Sethy. We're we're gonna keep talking, all right? Okay. So you can say one more thing. Okay. And then it's time for Daddy to keep working. Okay. Okay. All right. What else do you want to see? You want to say Happy Thanksgiving? Happy Thanksgiving, Tim Staff. Tim Staff. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Staff. Thank and you. Tim Staff and Tim Nathaniel Carl Nate Erie. That is not Tim Nathaniel Carl Nate Erie, but I appreciate that very much. <laughs> All right, Steffi. All of us together. Yeah. Uh, upstairs, honey. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Um. <laughs> so, yes, you you you're covering the basic storyline of the Bible, right? The Father in the so heavens. So much packed in there. Like just as you just kind of briefly went over, I was like, "Good Lord!" I know. Like... The Father in the heavens creates image bearers to keep His name hallowed. <laughs> and their job is to extend the borders of heaven into earth, right? Now, what's yeah. that going to require? Well, that God would provide for us what we need, give right? Us and our daily, we, what is this? Give us our daily what? <laughs> <laughs> and that we that that we'll need to forgive each other because um, we're going to mess it up. We're not. We are both now and not yet. Right, I am. Yeah, I have yeah. been saved, am being saved, and will be saved. Right, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm. I'm. You know, the, the God is ruling over me in increasing ways, but not. We are three dimensional beings. Totally, totally. 
So you can see how this prayer can be prayed for individuals, but it, it's also it's also as as big as the universe is. That's how mm-hmm. big this prayer is, right? It's both. And there's this interesting word here: uh, "Forgive us our debts, as we've also forgiven our debtors." the uh, The word here doesn't mean just sin; it can mean sin and debt. And there are other words Jesus that could have used that could mean debt, just debt, or sin, just sin. But he uses this one. And so some commentators think in the reality of daily bread, give us our daily bread, there, there is a, uh, a reality within the community of disciples where we're to forgive the debts of others, the literal yeah. debts of others. And, and we don't have time to go into that, but it's a fascinating, fascinating uh, thing to think about, particularly in light of the Old Testament's teaching about the for, uh, about Israel forgiving each other's debts every seven years, and um, and and you know unhindered capitalism is not taught in the Bible. Just to be clear, um, yeah. there's there's you just can't read it that way. Although we'd certainly like to now, um, forgiveness is so important to the Jesus community. Jesus, as we've said, emphasizes it after he finishes this teaching on prayer about the Father forgiving you or um, if you forgive others and so on, right? So this forgiveness, and and, and forgiveness is really, really misunderstood, um, or at least can be. Forgiveness simply means yielding your right to get even, yielding your right to retaliation, yielding your right to return evil, when evil is done to you, right? That's what it means to forgive. It doesn't mean to feel good about them. It doesn't mean to like them. It doesn't mean that you pretend that what they did was okay or it didn't hurt or that you need to minimize it. Forgiveness is naming the full weight and ugliness of the offense and choosing to yield your right to revenge um, to God. And that's forgiveness means to dismiss. It, it's the idea that there's no debt uh, outstanding anymore. Now, God doesn't, you know, Jesus here doesn't say, listen, condemned are you if you struggle to forgive or right. if it takes a long time to forgive. No, he just says, if you refuse, if you refuse to condemn the, the, the operative nature and the transformative nature of forgiveness is such that it, that you can only forgive once you realize how much you've hurt other people too, right. right? And so to refuse to forgive simply means you've not yet internalized how deeply we ourselves have been forgiven. Now, now that's not religious cliche, and that's not re- justification that somehow when I hurt someone's feelings, that's the same as me being abused by somebody else. No, 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 not even remotely. It just means to say, and and that this is such an important part of kingdom life, and it's an indispensable requirement because we're still in process, right? That that the work needed in partnering with Jesus to leave no debt outstanding where I feel like I can owe somebody harm. Right. Is of it's that su- active participation again. It's the same as, or you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the same nope. as um, the, uh, um, like the lust and coveting and those things are like, yeah, this is not saying those things are never going to be in you. It's not, it's in those cases, it's not acting upon it's not going over there and actually taking your neighbor's wife. There's an active yes. part- there's an active role you play in not 
uh, giving in to those things. And this kind of feels like the same thing where it's like you have to actively participate in like, I'm not going to go for revenge on this. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to see this as the nuanced, complicated, organic issue that it is and not just. Right. I, I, I was thinking about it like being a musician where you. You can either A, say, I love music, I'm a musician, but don't know how to play anything. Uh, all, But then you can go all the way up to somebody like, you know, someone who mastered their craft, like, you know, someone like Eddie Van Halen or someone Ooh. who is still trying, you know, people like that are still trying to learn new ways of playing the guitar. There's never a full embodiment of becoming the best musician. The more and more you lean into it, the more yes. possibility you see in it as you go. Yes. And very similarly, yes. And the more I grow kind of in Jesus, the more I see all the ways I'm not. Right. Like Jesus. Yes. It just keeps opening itself up. Over and over and over, yes. And so the hardness of heart required to um, sustain persistent uh, retaliatory postures towards somebody is a, a hardness of heart that unless you know eventually overcome shuts us off from even experiencing forgiveness totally. God offers you know what i mean now that's yeah. again this doesn't mean like it's taken me 20 years to forgive my dead father well yeah but you were working at it the whole time you didn't refuse it just right. was hard yep you know what i mean so and and we may begin by refusing yes for 10 years i refused to forgive this person i won't even say their name and then slowly so again, we got to be super clear what Jesus is saying and not saying here. Forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. Reconciliation takes two people who right. are both willing to humble themselves and listen to each other and, uh, and, and for one of them to receive forgiveness and the other one to offer it. Um, for, and for many reasons, you know, uh, there are lots of situations where we can't have that. Yeah. Um, the other person doesn't want to, they're not alive, whatever. Um, forgiveness is one will and one act. And it is part of the way that God's kingdom comes is that, uh, in the teachings of Jesus, like it or not, there is a day when everything will be brought into the light and we will see everything for what it is. And I don't know what happens then, but, um, but, but your suffering will not be taken lightly. And, um, I have no idea how that, fleshes itself out. Um, yeah. So uh, if you choose to live in this manner, hallowing God's name, partnering with him in the coming of his kingdom, giving and asking for daily bread, um, receiving and giving forgiveness, then you will be opposed. There is resistance on the earth. Now you can understand this as personal demonic spirits, you can understand this as impersonal powers and principalities. You can understand this as system and institutional evils or all the above, which is kind of my my view. Whatever it is, there is resistance to this way of living, right? Even from ourselves, right? John will identify the world, the flesh, and the devil as the, as yeah. the, uh, the opposition, however you understand that. Um, and so the last petitions, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Um, these are a little confusing. 
Uh, the language is a bit confusing on lead us not into temptation. The, the word literally means lead us not into the trial. And some think what Jesus is talking about here is uh, deliver us from the time of testing that's coming um, when, when Rome destroys Jerusalem. Hmm. Lead us, keep us from that time of testing. Um, it also could be a reference where Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He's led by the Spirit to be tempted. And so we're not strong enough because we're not Jesus to, to be led by the Spirit to be tempted. Or one Middle Eastern scholar just says, really, it's just kind of like this. Um, whenever you're in the desert and you have a guide, your guide can single-handedly save you or lose you, right? Your guide is the only one that knows the difference between that sand dune and that other one. The only one that knows where the water is, right? I mean, literally, you have no choice. And so he was just relaying a personal story where he was like, you know, they would just tell their guide, okay, don't get us lost. Don't get us lost. And what they're saying there isn't, hey, we don't believe you know where you're going, right? Because they wouldn't be out in the desert with him otherwise. They're yeah. saying instead, hey, we recognize that without you, we are lost. Yeah. And, um, and so his argument is that's what the petition is. Without you leading us, we will fall into temptation. We will not be delivered from evil. Um, so however you understand it, 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 it's a prayer against resistance that, that is both internal and external to this way of life. All right. So that, does that make sense so far? Yeah. I mean, it's a boatload of it stuff. It really is. Oh, it's so epic. So I know this is a little cheesy, but I thought I would end by kind of demonstrating how I use it, how I use this outline. Yeah. And um, I don't know, in the, in the hope that for those of us totally confounded by praying, this gives us a place to start. So I'll, uh, I'll do some deep breaths. I'll find a place where I can rock. And um, as I'm rocking right now via Zoom, <laughs> and, um, and so I'll just sit and, and I'll say, Father. Now, obviously for some of you, Father is not an image that conjures up good things. So immediately I say, my father or my parent, I say, I, I say, God, thank you for parenting me. And then I think through all of the ways I've been exposed, corrected, affirmed, blessed, um, all of the ways that my character has been shaped since I last prayed that. So I'm like, God, I see. Um, so it'll, it, it could be anything from like, God, thank you for this great, thank you for this great gift. That was so fun. What a surprise. Really, really grateful for that. Um, and even if that was a gift that involved the free will of other people, I still say thank you for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you for the kind of world in which I'm safe to receive those kinds of gifts. Thank you for the ways I was exposed. Uh, God, yeah, I, I saw this part in my heart and I was like, oh, and then this other person saw it and I was embarrassed. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you that you showed me a bit of my own, um, uh, a bit of my own darkness uh, and that you still love me. So it's in the context of the, he is my parent, I am his child, I cannot lose that identity, but we're just, he's growing me towards maturity. So I'm thanking him and for the ways in which he's parenting me. And I receive it as parenting, but he actually knows what he's doing and is competent. 
Um, and I do not and am not. Um, and then, uh, and, but then I, and then I pull back into the heavens because that kind of praying starts because he, Jesus says, our father, plural, communal. I start with my father, individual. And unless I get the heavens part back in there, I'm tempted to just make this all about me. So, mm-hmm. um, so the father in the heavens. And so sometimes I'll picture a Middle Eastern man sitting beside me. Sometimes um, I will picture um, an image through the Hubble Space Telescope uh, about the heavens. You know, not up there, but just right next to me, but grass, but grassed. No, vast and grandeur was what I was trying to do there. (laughs) Good Lord. Um, I'm inventing a new language just by combining words. And uh, so I got, I, I, I try to hold intention, God's closeness and attentiveness to me as a child and his vastness uh, over all the universe and his filling of all, every nook and cranny of space and time. And then from there, um, uh, may your kingdom come, may your will be done. I start with me and work out. So God, may your kingdom come in me. And so I pray for kindness. Um, I pray for generosity and I pray for blessing to come from me. And I just pray for different areas that the kingdom would come in my marriage, kingdom would come in my family. And then I get bigger and bigger. Your kingdom would come through Vox. Your kingdom would come in my work. Your kingdom would come um, in America. Your kingdom would come in the world, right? Just bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, And I'm saying the whole time, and I'm volunteering for this. Oh, I forgot the hallowed be thy name part. Um, before I get to the kingdom come, the hallowed be thy name, that's where I volunteer. God, I want to be one of the people today that sees you as holy, unique, one of a kind, special. Um, may you do that in my life. May my name uh, be attached to something meaning, may not my name, may your name be attached to something meaningful in me today. Hmm. Um, kingdom come will be done. So that's all partnership. And, um, and that's where I go to concerns. God, my concern is I don't know what to do here. So I pray your kingdom would come. I don't know what that looks like. When I pray for people who are sick, would your kingdom come? Your kingdom is a kingdom of wellness and peace. And I pray that. I pray that it would come and manifest that. And is there anything you want me to do to help manifest that? You know what I mean? You're volunteering all the way through, right? I thank God for daily bread. And I just will go through a refrigerator, a pantry, a whatever, and thank God for those things, a car, a house, a, you know, um, a list that I'm a recognition that I am the 1% in the world that lives right. this way and an implicit indictment in, um, uh, in my consumptive habits, you know, that I don't need as much as I think I need. Yeah. Um, uh, forgiveness always got that list handy. <laughs> <laughs> Who have I wronged? Who do I need to ask forgiveness? What do I need need to confess? And then I pray. There are certain people that I have a hard time forgiving, and I just I'm always praying their names and asking yeah. for grace and praying blessing over them um, and God's goodness over them. And then I just pray against our adversary in whatever you know way seems appropriate. And that and that for me can take five minutes or an hour, just depending. Right. And that and and so any prayers I do outside of that end up having that kind of shape anyway 
right? So it's been it's been really a really powerful personal exercise for me yeah. as a, a follower of Jesus to pray this almost daily, um, uh, not out of resets, you know, uh, out of um, guilt or meaningless babbling or performing. But out of like, oh, these are the things on the heart of Jesus. And right. I want them to be, yeah. So, I mean, what thoughts, Timothy, John, do you have? <laughs> I did a lot of talking today. But but I just want, I guess I just wanted to show how big and wonderful this thing is. Yeah, no, it's, it is exactly that. <clears throat> that, that like I joked earlier, the, there's just in those first three lines, four lines that covers every doubt and struggle that I feel like people have had in faith. <laughs> just the over, like, why did God let evil exist? Why that, like, mm-hmm. there's so much packed in there, but I like the way that it, the way that it's all packed in there is in, um, like posturing and understanding who God is. Right. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like, it's not, it's not answering, these big questions, it's giving you a place to, to see and seek what those answers are. Yes. A it's a framework. Interesting wing. Yeah. Yes. It's not giving you the answers, but it's giving you a framework out of which you begin to work on the questions. Which is, yes, which is so much better because you, that's how you build those muscles. That's how you, right. that's how you grow and you, whatever is by being like having to do part of the lifting and being involved in that process and. I also That's really right. like that this the framework of this is set up that you have to acknowledge who God is before you're acknowledging everything about yourself. Mm. Like it sets you up to acknowledge God first in the prayer. Because I feel like, at least for me, a lot of times you just go directly into all the crap that you're in. And this sets it up that even though you are dealing with the crap in there, you are, yep. you are acknowledging God, God's place, what the kingdom is doing. You know, like you said, how I can participate and volunteering to participate and then getting into, and here's, here's the stuff that I am wrestling with or, or what's on mm-hmm. me, but you have to, you start with a posture of understanding and naming who God is, where God is. I feel like that's got to be pretty intentional with how we should be approaching prayer. Yeah. And, and you know, what's funny, man, I'm so cynical. I hear all the cliches in what we're saying. You know right. what I mean? And and yet um there there's still a there's still a part of me that holds out um that beyond the clichés is something really true and good there. You know yeah. what I mean like yes, I would I would everyone would have told me, "Yeah, yeah, have God in view when you pray." <laughs> but I don't know what that means or how to do that. You know, this to me just feels different than that. Oh man, yeah. There's a <clears throat> NT Wright had something. Yeah. Can I just read it? It's just, just of a course. It's NT Wright. It's like it's like the Bible, but just <laughs> British. He's talking about prayer, and he says um, prayer is one of life's great mysteries. Most people pray at least sometimes. Some people in many very different religious traditions pray a great deal. At its lowest, prayer is shouting into a void on the off chance there may be someone out there listening. At its highest, (laughs) prayer merges into love 
as the presence of God becomes so real that we pass beyond words and into a sense of his reality, generosity, delight, and grace. For most Christians, most of the time, it takes place somewhere in between those two extremes. (laughs) To be frank, for many people, it is not just a mystery, but a puzzle. They know they ought to do it, but they aren't quite sure how. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so Jesus gives us a short outline. We memorize the outline and we and we improvise within the outline. Yeah. Anne Lamont has this great line. I don't and I don't remember the order, but it's like prayer can be summarized thusly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Help me, help me, help me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so on the one hand, (laughs) my goodness, you're going to use the child-parent metaphor. Well, that means it doesn't have to be polished, beautiful. In fact, the Greek here of Jesus's prayer, it's very very low-grade. It's uh, it's not super high like King James English Greek. It's very common Greek. Uh, it's just the language of street Greek, um, whatever that means. Language of street Greek. I like that. Yes, and um, and so you know when we go and and we don't have to just re- repeat this prayer mindlessly, yeah. um, as if it's penance. Go say seven our fathers. Nope, that is not at all what Jesus right. is doing here. That is totally. That is that is an an idolatrous distortion and a demonic distortion of how Jesus intended this prayer to be used. This is not punishment. This is not penance. This is children asking their parents right and um and so we 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 can sit in the middle of that and not know how it works and have a bunch of questions and still pray god i do pray heaven comes to earth and i don't know what that looks like but i want to be a part of it yeah you know and i do i do realize that that requires that requires me forgiving other people and that requires me recognizing there is another team on the field, so to speak, in some way, shape, or form. And it, it, it requires something about daily bread, whether I'm giving it or whether I'm receiving it. Um, you know, there there is all of this is gift and grace. So yeah, I think I think it's I think it's a really if, if you go into it saying this is an outline that shapes the the direction and orientation of my relationship with God, I think there's a lot there. If it's yeah. just another thing to do and another thing to perform, then it's like every other performative thing. Truly, you yeah. have your reward. You want to say 10, <laughs> our Father's great. Then you've said 10. Fantastic. Yeah. If you want to pray it pray it in King James English in front of people to impress people that you've memorized it, well, then that's your reward too, right? I mean, any other, if, if, unless it's done in relationship, for relationship, and through relationship, it's not prayer. It's just not what Jesus is talking about. Yeah. Ugh. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I it's that I like what you said. It doesn't solve anything. It just begins to give us a framework to approach the subject. Yeah. You know? And and um to me, like we're just we're just scratching the surface. There's just so much more. Yeah, and that's kind of, it feels that way, though. It feels like he's just scratching the surface. Like, he's just like, all right, guys, 
Everybody take a seat or I'll sit down, right? That's how they did it. I'll sit down on this mount. You guys all stand up. We're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to crack the door open on this kingdom and kind of give you an idea of what this looks like. Yes. 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 Yep. And here's an outline. Here's an outline, kids. This is what I'm doing. So he's walking around. I mean, think about what he's doing, right? right. Does he hallow God's name? Does he, does he have a relationship to the Father? Yep. Is he always relating yeah. to the heavens? Yep. Is he hallowing yeah. the name? You bet. Is he yeah. bringing the kingdom? Yes. As a matter of fact, he is wherever he goes. Is he forgiving people? Oh, my goodness. I'm releasing them from their debts. He's giving out daily bread. He himself says he is daily bread. He's also right? giving and then daily he's, what? <laughs> he's daily what? And then, and then, and then he is, he is being led into the spirit and resisting the time of testing, right? Not at the beginning of the ministry, just in the beginning of his ministry in the desert. He's also doing it at the end of the ministry in the garden. Yeah, no, it's a great illustration because he's, he's giving us a framework, but the framework is all about like a, a active participation and he's modeling an active participation of everything that he's giving the framework for. Yes. Yes, yes, and he doesn't leave us alone to do it. That's the, the, the New Testament's great teaching on the Spirit. It's not mm. the Holy Spirit, some abstract ghost. It is the Spirit of Jesus. Yeah. So, anyway, my friends, I hope something in this was helpful. Uh, please let us know what you think. And, um, you know, Seth, we'll try to rein him in today. We'll see. He's shirtless. <laughs> He's roaming. He was trying to eat pumpkin pie for breakfast. Let him run. He's a wild spirit. Let him run. Yes. Uh, Sometimes what he'll do, it's the greatest thing ever. He will say, dad, I'm going to make you a cake. And he will bring me in a bowl with one egg and, um, and usually some sort of lunch meat and, (laughs) um, and just drop it off. And it is, it's, it is awesome. It is awesome. (laughs) Let me just tell you, Seth Erie. All right. So until next time, friends, thank you. And uh, we appreciate you and are grateful uh, to be a part of this community. And Mike will be live tomorrow. On Tuesday. On the social medias. Tuesday. Mm. What is the date? December 1st? Yeah. I feel like I should know that. Yeah, it's all right. It's the, yeah. It's December 1st. It is. It's the 21st day the 21st election day yes (laughs) (laughs) oh anyway all right see you friends see ya thank you for listening to this conversation the vox podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that is supported by listeners like yourself If you'd like to partner with us, you can do so at patreon.com backslash Vox Podcast. You can also engage with the hosts on social media at facebook.com backslash Vox Podcast, on Instagram at Vox Podcast, and on Twitter at Mike Erie. Thank you for walking this road with us.